Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, big episode 53. So is this technically now our one-year anniversary? Well, like, I mean, I guess however you want to look. I mean, it's 52 weeks in a year, so 53 would just mean that we started the new year. Yeah. Officially now, we started a podcast a year ago. Yeah, so this is season two, episode one. Preseason. 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 Uh, yeah, we got we to gotta get the preseason in before we bring in, you know, if not, we might pull something. Exactly. I got that FIFA 11 warm up. Yeah. Fitness levels, right? Yeah. Before we bring in guests, which for already for next week, we have a guest lined up. But, you know, this week, this this way kind of gets us to to kind of like ease into it, you know, get a little bit of a preseason in. Um, so let's talk diamonds, because since the last time we spoke, we played three games. Yeah. So uh, so big, big seven days for the for the diamonds. Um so we played last uh Sunday. Um tough match in the sense that like before the season before the game started, picked up an injury um for one of our players, picked up a second injury to another player before the first half ended. So it was a really a rough result. Um but we started to see glimpses of like what could potentially be and then um, when we played our game on Wednesday against Lancaster, I thought we we performed well for a decent amount. Like is this, those were those were one, that was one of the games that like the tactical approach of the game somewhat worked. Um, you know, but the the hard part I think was we just didn't have the consistency to withstand it. You know, up two nothing with six minutes left to go, and ultimately ended up with a two two game. And then last night. Um, you know, we came in with a 24-hour turnaround into the, into another game against Steel United, who we had played before, and had had beaten us um, pretty. You know, they were they were pretty dominant in that game, and we actually competed well. And for parts of the game, I would say for for at least half the game, we were we were the better team at yeah. times. Um, so it was it was definitely an even game. Lost three to one, but you know, I, I think we created uh, probably some of the 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 amount of opportunities that were created by us and them, I think it was, it was even, we may have edged that out a little bit. Uh, but I think overall we, we, we played a good game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, the, um, you know, that game on Sunday after playing that game, the players kind of saw that it kind of had to rally around their teammates and get together and, you know, start working together as 11 or 18 just as a collective group. And I think that's where you see the results this week, right? Like the, the change of how we're playing and the intensity, just even in training, you know, people wanting to compete and make each other better because ultimately, you know, our goal is never to be the, be the top team in UWS. Like we're not chasing UWS championships. Like we're not looking to go on the record book here. We're looking to provide, of opportunity for players to play during the summer at a very high level and continue to compete yep. when they go back to college, right? So, I mean, really the goal is for our players to learn something, pick up a couple of things, get fit, and be ready to go once they come preseason because when they all go back to school, you know, we're going to be rooting for all their schools and rooting for all those players to be successful and seeing, hey, did this work? Right. Does a player come in and immediately go in become an impact player because 
they were playing with us all summer, working hard, and they were fit, and just providing those different opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I think that's ultimately the the goal, right? Like, yes, we we want to win, but and and it's so hard to develop uh uh to develop you know the style of play that we really want to or you know because you you're you're not only are the players getting to know know each other in a short amount of time us from a coaching staff are trying to understand on the, to trying to get to know the players very well and, you know there's scheduling things availability that so so we're trying to understand the players um in a short amount of time as well which is part of the challenge from a coaching standpoint but you know i think i think overall like in the future of the team what what i think will ultimately bring some of those like more positive results will be the consistency in the core groups, right? Building a little bit of a, of a culture around the summer team that like, I'm not saying we're going to have the same, the same players next year, but ultimately if you're able to keep a core group of players from year to year that then start feeding into the next core group of players that then, so now you've developed a culture. So now when they're coming in, you have there's a culture that's been set and a foundation that's been that's been started. And I think that's the important part of this. And 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 you said it right. Our goal is just to get them to pick up some things, be physically fit, stay in like stay in game rhythm for when they start their school preseason. Um, so for us, I, I think that's that's been created. We've we've created that environment, we've opened up that ability. My biggest thing with them now is you know setting making sure that the expectations that they had are making sure that those are aligned with what our expectations were and and then by the end of the season those expectations have been met you know or right. at least the majority of them have been met and i mean you, um, think, you think about it like we're basically a freshman team of like if you looked at us we're a team full of freshmen i would probably say that we are if we if we had to do a um uh, an age comparison with the with the other four teams in the um, in the league or the other three teams in the league, um, I would probably say we're the youngest team. A hundred percent. We, I mean, you look at it. I mean, just from our player personnel, a lot of our players didn't have the opportunity to play this year, but also it's our first time playing in UWS. So, well, we, and not only that, like we, uh, the outside of uh, one, like outside of three players. Um, three or four players. The majority of our players have are, are freshmen in college, or right. or not even or not even freshmen in college. Are about to be freshmen in college. So, so yeah. So the the lack of experience at at that higher level it, it shows at times. Um, but I think you know it's been a good experience. I think the players are starting to understand each other, and ultimately, that's what a lot of what college soccer is is understanding each other as a team relatively quickly because. Yes, you have more. You spend more time, right? You train five nights a week, or, or things like that, and you you have a longer season. But the college soccer season is still relatively short, and your ability to compete very quickly has to come in. If not, you're going to struggle, right? So, hopefully, we we've we've at least laid a little bit of foundation to to understand how in your position you have to be able to you know bond with the players next to you and and get to know each other really well. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so then next week uh, on Monday, we have our our next round of summer camp start up. So we have our discovery program camp that's starting up. So that's for our three to six year olds from nine to 11, Monday through Thursday. So we've this is the first year we've done a like a really, really little ones camp. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, 
Anthony. Anthony, good luck. Anthony's going to run it. I might bring the kids down on Tuesday and just uh, let them do camp for two hours. Um, if I were you, I'd have them out there every day. Well, they go to school Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Well, I guess, well, not Monday. Uh, but maybe we could take it Monday. They're going on Monday. They're the going on Monday. There on Monday. They're going on Monday. While, <laughs> yeah, they're going on. They were my kids. You'd see that cloud of dust coming up behind because I'd be out of there so fast. See, no, like, you got to stay. You can't just leave them. What? No, you can't leave them. Oh, man. They're young. You have to stay. You got to stick around. Trying to get nine holes on the golf course real quick. <laughs> no, no, you got to stick around. Um, and then after that, we have the um, the week after we we have the diamonds camp. You know, so, diamonds camp. Yeah, so I, I'm excited for the diamonds camp. I think you know the the diamonds camp in general is I think is going to bring in. Um, it's gonna be cool. The we have diamonds players that are going to be coaching the camp, so I think that'll be that'll be really cool. Nine to twelve. Um, I'm going to be there for, for it. And I think that'll be, it'll be a good time ultimately. So, and then after that, we do our finishing goalkeeper in camp. Um, so that one's exciting because it's our travel players. And then we, we close it out with a full day of like, just a record, like fun camp. And where can we find our camps? Delawareunion.com slash summer dash camps or hyphen camps or just on our website. Just go to Delawareunion.com. Your kid doesn't even have to be a soccer player. No, 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 no. If they've never if they've never touched a soccer ball before, bring him out to our camps. Uh, you can also find out all of our information as long and also watch our UWS matches live or you know on demand. Um, you can you can follow us on Facebook.com slash on Instagram at Delorean Soccer and on Twitter at the Union Soccer, and also the Delorean Diamonds at, on Instagram and Facebook at de union diamonds and make sure you subscribe to the podcast whatever it is you're listening to uh to us from all right Dwayne, ta- uh euros um quarterfinal start today yeah everybody all the favorites are out <laughs> i mean let's just go through like did we did we get any of these right i think we got some maybe I mean, so Wales, Denmark, we got that one right because we, we we went with Denmark. Italy, Austria, we got that right. We went with Italy. Um, Netherlands, Czech Republic. I want to say I went Czech. I went underdogs. Yeah, I can't remember what I did. Belgium, Portland, or Portugal. I know I went Belgium. Uh, Spain, Croatia. I, I predicted that it was going to be... I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. It ended up being a high-scoring game. But I predicted it was going to go to like extra time, and um, and even though it was a high scoring game, I don't know that it was a, the most exciting game in the world. Well, Croatia is not really an exciting team; like they're not going to no. flash you off the field and play. No. All um, the is are just going to play the ball. Yeah, uh, France, Switzerland, um, upset, upset, huge upset. I mean, huge upset, and the same as the the Spain Croatia game, right? Just like. And not an upset, like the same, the same, like three one with ten minutes left to go. Boom, you know, two goals. Uh, biggest mistake I thought that the champ made was taking Griezmann out when the game was three to two and putting Sissoko in. Because I think if you had Griezmann on the field, you could have gotten something more out of the extra time. Yeah, but I mean, um, 
England, Germany ended up being the snooze fest that uh, I think we predicted. Uh, you know, England scores two goals, but still not necessarily the most thrilling game in the world. The, the only the only part, the only good part about that game was the moment after England scores a goal when Mueller gets the 1v1 and misses. There's a camera that catches it from the other goal. And you can see Raheem Sterling standing in the middle of the field, watching Mueller go one v one against uh, um, against Pickford, and like putting his hands up, like "Oh no, we're about to get scored on!" And then when he misses the goal, drop to his knees and like start kissing the ground. Like that moment is fantastic. That was the best moment of the entire game. Passion right there. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately the 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 best game of the the round of sixteen Ukraine Sweden. Yeah, the funny part about that is it was like one one or whatever the score was. Wake one, up one like, one one until uh, extra time. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, get, see the goal get scored, and say, "Oh man, I got to get to training." Like it was like perfect. Yeah. It was a it was a crazy game. I mean, that game had absolutely everything you wanted. It had a VAR. Um, red card, right? It had a red card. Uh, it, it, there was an injury because of the red card. There was players that were that got injured. There was a player that came in for Ukraine who came in in the extra time to basically be ready to p- potentially take a PK. He runs into somebody and pops his shoulder out <laughs> and is like running around with his arm to the side, just kind of like dangling it around like... <laughs> I got yeah. a purpose here. I'm here to take the PK, but yeah, I just gotta keep my shoulder in place. Just gotta get my shoulder in place. So yeah, so ultimately it was a it was a great game. Uh, so Ukraine moves on. So today, today's the start of the quarterfinals. All right, so let's see: Switzerland, Spain, Spain, Spain. Yeah, Swiss. They they got France, but I think if Spain's up three one with twenty minutes left, they're gonna just pass the ball. 500 yeah. times. <laughs> Here's the crazy part, right? So as you look at the rest of the teams that are left, this next quarterfinal, the one that's today, ultimately is the I, I mean, if you look at, at the the rest of the matchups, this is the final. Right here. Like to a certain extent, Belgium Italy. Yeah, really. I mean, now that now that now that France is out, right? That's that ultimately becomes the final. Portugal's out. I mean, Belgium and Italy were the had been the with with along with France had been the the three best teams, right? The tournament so far. Um, so Belgium, Italy playing in the quarterfinals is like awesome because it's gonna you be a fun matchup. But but at the same time, it's gonna it's gonna suck because you know, ESPN ESPN obviously didn't have their hands in the schedule. I mean, so let's just say so let's just say either of them win or whoever whoever wins, right? So the winner of Belgium, Italy has to play Switzerland, Spain. So let's just say Spain wins, right? So now you got Spain, Belgium, or Spain, Italy. That's again another like fantastic like matchup to begin with. But then let's just say on the other end, not not to take anything away from these teams because I think ultimately if they you make it this far, you, you show deserve, up. You deserve to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just say Ukraine upsets and beats England. And let's just say the Czech Republic upsets and beats Denmark. I want to call that an upset. No, you don't think so? Czech Republic. It's like those 
I don't know geographically how big Czech Republic is, but it's like those countries that are smaller. It's yeah. like the mid-majors in the NCAA tournament. That can help say, yeah, at any point. Or that, that can, that can that, solid. they're solid. They're solid. They have that style of play. They have that continuity. Yeah. They all work for each other. They got the whole, like, you know, everybody in the Czech Republic is watching this. I mean, everybody yeah. in every country is probably watching the game, but you know Czech Republic is behind them. Yeah. 100%. And the same with Denmark, too, right? So that's going to be, like, one of those. It's going to be a good game because Denmark, again, Christian Eriksen, everybody's pushing behind them. Yeah. But, watch but, imagine, but imagine you got you got Czech Republic and Ukraine as your semifinal. That's good, though. That's what the Euros is for, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you ended up with Greece ended up kind of going that route when they won theirs. So, like, it was – it. so, I, I mean, I think – I'm excited because I think every every one of these matchups is going to be fun and exciting, and I think everything's going to be, um, it's going to create good a good atmosphere. I'm really just really excited for the three o'clock we game. We want to see the star. Like obviously, we want to see the star. Probably want to see you know France, Belgium, and see you know the top twenty two most expensive players in Europe lining it up, right? But it's also cool to see like Czech Republic and Denmark and all these other teams make it far to. Take a little edge off and say, oh, yeah, we just beat France. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. All right. So, um, so yeah, so tomorrow is Czech Republic and Denmark and Ukraine-England. Uh, and the Ukraine-England game, we're going to have to, like, watch it basically, you know, in the, like, in the car slash before warm-ups. I mean, hopefully uh... – we got some connections to get it on the big screen at the stadium. There's good. There's a game before. There's a game at two o'clock. Uh, so we might not be able to do that, but we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. What I'll do is I'll bring the projector and set it up. There you go. We'll, we'll just have a screen going. We'll on the tailgate side. it. Tailgate. We'll tailgate during the game. Tailgate during the game. Perfect. I love it. Uh, all right. Copa America also starts the quarterfinals today. Um, so Brazil as we. Wins. So as 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 uh as we had discussed previously, uh out of the ten teams, eight make it into the quarter or into the quarterfinals. So Bolivia and Venezuela were left out. They got sent home already. Um Two teams had to check out their hotel. Yeah, Argentina beat Bolivia four to one the other day. Um so stuck a knife in them. So Peru, Paraguay, uh the two P countries. Uh <laughs> today at five o'clock um you know it, that one's gonna be an interesting game because peru is his they're they're the team that kind of like halfway through the tournament kind of wakes up and and starts playing better um paraguay picked up an injury of miguel amiron so I'll, i don't know that he'll be able to play so that'll be an interesting matchup in general and then brazil brazil chile that'll be the that's chile, it chile isn't what they were they're not but what I think will happen, which I think will ultimately create a really fun like South American match, is the, there's going to be there's going to be some grinding going on in this game. The, like Arturo Vidal is is going to go hard in on somebody at some point. Well, Arturo Vidal, man, I I don't know how he does it because he's getting old and he still makes those like box yeah. to box runs with the yep. So there's 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 definitely going to be that one's going to be a fun game. Uh, then you got Uruguay Colombia tomorrow at six, which I think will be a really good one. And then uh, right when I get home tomorrow after our game, uh, Argentina Ecuador nine o'clock. 
at the late game. Somebody called. Somebody I called, called. I called. I called. I said, "Listen, eight o'clock don't work. I got a four thirty game, an hour and a half away. You know, I'll be done by six thirty. I'm not get, like I'll be home right at eight o'clock. Like that's not gonna work. So, you know, give me a little time to shower and get something to eat. So there you go. Made a call. Got the game moved to nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> got that nine o'clock start tomorrow. Argentina Ecuador. Uh, interesting matchup. The last time we played them, we tied. So we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. So here's the other big piece of news. And I don't, I'm sure you've read about this, but, uh, does the name Olivia Moultrie sound familiar to you? She just signed an NWSL. It's like a 14 or 15 year old as a 15 year old. Yeah. 15 year old. So Olivia, Olivia Moultrie, um, became very famous, uh, two years ago because she was 13 years old and, um, had started training with the Portland thorns over the summer. And the rumor was at that time that the Portland Thorns were going to pick her up for like some summer, like preseason games or something like that. And then they wanted to sign her in, the, in a contract. They wanted to give her a contract and put her on the team. Um, so they were tried to, and they couldn't because the collective bargain agreement of the NWSL says that, you have to be at least 18 years old to to play. Yeah. So Olivia Moultrie ended up suing the NWSL mm-hmm. for not being allowed to do it, considering that the counterpart or the the other side of the NWSL, which is the MLS, right? Not that, even though they're not necessarily connected, but it's the male counterpart doesn't have that that like car that that clause in their CBA. Right. So uh, the the court gave Olivia Moultrie provisional, um, like a provisional waiver or something like that to be able to sign with them, um, and then the poor or the NWSL tried to like um, counter. Appeal, uh, they tried to appeal it, so it took a little bit of time, but finally, um, Olivia Moultrie is allowed to be signed. So she's already been taken part of the U17 national team. So she's been part of the the, the team camp there. Um, and now she officially has signed for the Portland Thorns. Now she's been part of the Portland Thorns like organization in general. So she's been playing on their in their uh youth system. Yeah. So they were before it was the DA, and now I don't know if they're either ECNL or in the girls' academy, whatever, whatever part they're in. But there she's part of their academy in general but she's also been training with the first team so anytime anytime it wasn't an official competition she's played with With the with the thorns um and then she's also playing in her actual age group or might be playing up because she's an 05 um what's really interesting and and again olivia moultrie became famous even even two years ago before two years ago when she was 11 there was a rumor that went around and in I mean, according to a lot of sources, it was it was true. Now, granted, the NCAA regulations have changed since then, so I don't know how how much would actually stand up now. But there was a rumor that happened that that said that uh, UNC, University of North Carolina, offered a scholarship when she was 11 years old. I believe it. I mean, um, it's the tough part, right? Is that soccer is so different than the other sports? Yes. Like soccer is a worldwide sport. You're grabbing talent from literally 
any country in the world. Like, that's the uniqueness of soccer. Like compared to football. Yeah. You, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not in Germany looking for the next big thing. Yeah. Like they don't have scouts in Germany. So I think that's like when you think about it, when you're signing a 13-year-old, it probably says, like, why are you signing a 13-year-old? It's like, well, soccer's different. You got to get your hands on who you can get Yeah, when you can get them. Well, and I think that was Portland's. So and, and Portland ended up having to actually, like, acquire the rights to Moultrie because the rights to Moultrie were technically had OL Reign, the Olympic Reign, had them. Um, I'm still not unsure why, but they were on the oh because they were on the NWSL Discovery Priority list. So I guess whatever the this the that list is, and she was at the top of that list. The oil rain had had rights to them, to her. Um, so they had to acquire. So basically, they they traded a a third round pick of the 2022 draft for which for I mean which I'm honestly if I'm Portland. Like that's good, and I'll take those. Stole, basically stole her. Yeah. So a third round pick. If you if she's getting recruited by UNC at eleven, she ain't a third round pick. <laughs> no. So um. So the the so she had at when she was thirteen, she ended up turning down that uh that UNC like scholarship offer, and then ended up signing a um like a media company uh called Wasserman Media Group uh to represent her, and then um. So she signed, ended up signing a nine-year, six-figure endorsement deal with Nike. And then it's also the perks of living in Oregon too. Well, she that, at that point she was still living in California because that's where she was born, and then yeah. she really should they relocated to Portland. It's the perks of living out there. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's a smart. I mean, for she did it the right way, right? She did a smart move to sign with an agency or management group when i think that's the so that's the interesting part right like did all of a sudden and i think there's there's multiple sides to the argument but all of a sudden did this player who has the potential right potential because i think we still have to speak of potential because we're still dealing with a 15 year old right um so that has the potential to become a very, very good soccer player, right? Or, or let's just say she has the potential to be the best player that's ever played before, right? Are we now looking at this from a completely like financial thing now and, and no longer looking at it from a sports perspective, right? What? I feel like that's why the, they have that collective bargaining agreement because they don't want people just going around picking up 13-year-old kids based on potential because you're going to – what you're going to realize is, yeah, she's a really good 15-year-old born in 2005. Yeah. But there's probably 20 or so other really good 15-year-olds that just haven't figured it out yet, like mentally, physically, right. socially – just haven't gone to the right tournament to be seen by the well, right person, right? Well, then the question the question is, is that like, do you put her in the eye of of the you put her in front of the world basically as something more than what she may be ready for, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I just think at times, like, and and maybe that leads to a deeper conversation with this idea of the the NCAA thing that got passed that players are going to be able to get paid for their endorsements, right? 
Right. But I think like with the NCAA soccer, it's just, it's tough because you're cramming that season into three months and soccer is not a, no, I get it. No, I'm just saying, no, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about like the, the NCAA, like the, just in general, the, the idea of being able to make money Uh, as a player, like, which I get it. Like if if someone's going to use your image, you should be, you should be compensated for it. Right. You shouldn't sell yourself for free basically. But at the same time, like as a 15 year old now is the focus on her, like, I just hope, I hope, right? I guess that's m- more more what my statement is. I just really hope that Portland and everybody around her is doing this for the right reasons. Right. Which would be to make her a better soccer player. Yeah. Not, not, to, not to look at it from a... Um, publicity publicity and money making like endorsements and all this other stuff because you know you could easily compare this to to the other 14 15 year old that was in the mls and look at what happened to him right right he was supposed to be the biggest star that the mls had ever seen at 14 years old because he was dominant in this and that and ultimately he ended up having a very average career i would say which there's nothing wrong with that but the problem is the expectation was built so high for freddie to perform but he kind of opened and it might be premature but he kind of opened the door for like a pulisic or gio reyna right that you can make like hey maybe the americans do have somebody that's really really good and we need to focus our attention this way yeah, but if you look at but if you look at Pulisic and Gio Reyna, th- th- those two were never were never brought in to be the staros. They they both went to so when when Gio Reyna left, what was it NYCFC, right? Right. Uh, he went to the to Dortmund's academy, and 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 Pulisic went to Dortmund's academy. Right. So like it wasn't that they were brought in to like when they got signed and all that stuff, they were brought in to be the face of the club or the you weren't trying to make a spectacle of it. You were just bringing them in just like you would bring in anybody else. The the reason why it makes waves is because they're from the United States. Right. And that's the reason why people talk about it. Like, I just I just hope I just really, really hope that this doesn't turn into like it's a really cool opportunity. And I think it opens up the it, it it opens up opportunities for other players to see her and look up to her and and she could be a role model for them and and that's and that's fantastic and that's we need more opportunities for female soccer players right right I just hope that like that's the ultimate goal is creating opportunities for players not just creating opportunities for somebody to make money marketing yeah like. That that I think to me goes goes beyond the scope of what what should be done from a soccer standpoint at, at a certain point, especially with a 15-year-old. Right. Um so um the US women's national team ended up did end up winning yesterday. Um we can we can briefly touch on that. Uh they ended up beating um Mexico uh last night as part of their um like friendlies for getting ready for the Olympics. 
So yeah. Sam, so Sam Mews uh, with a goal, Kristen Press with two, and Toby Heath with Tobin Heath with one. Um, so, I mean, you ended up uh, with the eighteen that are ultimately going to play. Well, not not fully because Macario was still in the in the in the in the lineup. So there's some there's some players that I think are still either injured or or not there yet but um but you ended up seeing i think what what could be a decent potentially uh close to a starting 11 yeah um for for the for the national team i think both muse sisters together at the same time i think is is cool um so and everybody ultimately everybody ultimately played and then even uh adriana french got got in and got some minutes in the goal which which is always good um and then our girl macario got in and played so good good for her stuff uh, yeah bring home the gold because so, the u.s the u.s ain't the men's ain't bringing home the gold they ain't bringing home nothing so speaking of the gold let's let's talk about uh the the gold cup roster um I mean, so it's it's fully MLS like driven, right? Like you got a full MLS uh, roster, basically. Let's put it um, like this: this roster is created for players to to show that they can play on the full national team. Like this is almost like a tryout. You want to play with Weston and Christian. And Geo and all those boys prove it. Yeah, but so this is the part that I think it gets tricky, right? Like, I, so there's a there's a mix, right? You have some players that that are coming in from other from other countries as well. So right off the bat, Brad Guzan and the goal. I don't why I don't understand that. Like, we have no other goalkeepers in this country. Matt Turner's a beast. I mean, is that he, I know. He's, I mean, Matt, Matt Turner will hopefully will get the start, but. He's a late bloomer, but like I would give him the start, but but again, like and you got Sean Johnson, which again from NYCFC, but but why is Brad Guzan on the why is Brad yeah, Guzan like, on the on the roster? I I don't get it. Me, um, so the, like, then you got keepers I would put in there. Then you got George Bello from Atlanta, Reggie Cannon um, from Boa Vista from in Portugal, Shaq Moore from Tenerife. Donovan Pines, Miles Robinson. It's uh it's Coach Kyle's boy uh from the Atlanta. Um uh, James Sands, um, Sam Vines, Walker Zimmerman. So Walker Zimmerman, I think um he was on somebody's list. He might have been on your list from back in the you know he was like, in the center back competition and yeah. picked up an in- well, Aaron Long's injured, so he could play. I mean, you look at that list. I mean, we kind of know who our starting backs are. Yeah. Who makes the who gets into that twenty three for the next World Cup, right? That's yeah. what that like Reggie Cannon's on that list for a reason, right? Can you keep your spot right in that twenty three? Kellen Acosta uh, is back. You know that's that's good. He's he's going to be there. Uh, Gianluca Busio, uh, Sebastian Leggett, man, <laughs> he's. I mean, he's driving the bus at this point, right? Like he's it has to be like the like 
anytime there's something soccer related with the U.S., Sebastian Lejet's your guy. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian Roldan, uh, Eric Williamson, and Jackson Ewell. Paul Ariola, Daryl Dyke, Nicholas Giacchini, uh, which is cool. Like I, I'd like to see him, you know, more di- when when they did that one, uh, the sense friendlies. of the friendlies in one in Austria or something like that. They yeah. he did he did really well there. Uh, Matthew uh, Hop, finally, uh, finally, John- <laughs> Jonathan Lewis and Yazi Sardes. Yeah. yeah. I got Yassi's artist, man. Again, I still don't really understand that one either. Like, you couldn't have found, like, Jamie Abobasi? Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, I know he hasn't been wowing us the past couple of times, but, I mean, Yassi's artist time has passed. Yeah. His yeah. World Cup window is closed. Yeah. Um, like, so I mean, I think out of that, I think out of this forwards list, I mean, Daryl Dyke is going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, definitely. Like, I mean, Paul Ariola coming back from injury, like those forwards, I think that's where we truly lack in our, in our full national team setup. Right? Is who's going to score the goals? So I think this group has a lot of goal scorers, and that's going to be the key. Who who plays themselves in that conversation? Yeah, I, I mean it, it'll definitely be interesting to figure out how this team performs. Um, I mean, granted, again, you're still playing the Gold Cup, so you're playing Martinique, Canada, and a and a TBD team still. Yeah, they have a playing round now. They got a playing round, so like, I mean, it should it should go okay. So, but um, all right, player of the match. Who's your player of the match? Um. My player of the match actually is going to go to a Diamonds player. It's going to go to Olivia Hudson. Um, she's had a fantastic last three games, really peaking right now, playing well. Top it off, scored a goal yesterday. Um, and again, one of the probably the young second, second youngest, youngest, second youngest player on the team and starting and making an impact. So that just shows you a true testament. So, I mean, again, we're playing against like D1 players sophomores yeah. seniors, seniors in college and she's a she's a what junior in high school yeah she's playing really well so olivia hudson is my player of the match yeah no she's playing she's playing really well my player of the match is ukraine and sweden <laughs> for giving us the best game so far one of the best games of the euros no yeah. for sure yeah blue um, and yellow. <laughs> yeah go blue and yellow man um, all right. On this day in soccer history, uh, we're going to look at one of those. Uh, we, have, we haven't had many of these, but I think it's important to, to point them out whenever, we, whenever the time comes in, just to, so we can learn from our mistakes to a certain extent. Um, so 1994, so a very sad day in, in soccer history, uh, July 2nd, 1994, um, World Cup year. Is this the guy that gave up the own goal? Yep. Yeah. Like, he went back to Colombia. Yep. So Andres Escobar uh, gives up a goal, an own goal from Colombia against the U.S. Um, goes back to Colombia um, and is hanging out at a club or something like that. Runs in some guys. Words are exchanged. 
fists are flying or things like that, and he ends up being murdered. Uh, and as the guy is murdering him or shooting him, he every time he he pulls the trigger, he yells "goal." Um, so at least that was the you know that's a rumor or the 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 accounts. Um, it, it's a sad day in history when when we when we make this game bigger than it needs to be. Um, at the end of the day, it's a game. Uh, it's an amazing game. It, it's a it's a the 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 best game in the world, but a game nonetheless. So um, hopefully we learn from our mistakes as a society. Hopefully on this day, we remember Andres Escobar as a player, um, as a player that made a mistake once in his life. And that's it in a game. Um, no reason to, to go further than that with it, you know? Um, so yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a, just crazy. We'd say that to our players, and I don't think that they necessarily believe us. Probably not. Like, you go bone goal in some countries, like, you don't make it back. Or handballs, yeah. like, chop your hand off, and they don't yeah. believe us. But, Probably like, not. No, but it's happened. It really did happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, fair play of the week. Uh, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'm going to give another shout-out to the Diamonds. Fair play of the week. Um, training on Monday, we kind of, you know, sat down and talked about why we weren't being successful and what we could do to be successful, to make sure everybody was on the same page to help each other be successful. So we kind of had a group discussion with the players that were there, um, kind of hashed some things out, made sure everybody was on the same page. Um, you know, I know it helped the players out and you, know, you were out Sebastian, but it definitely between Dan, KP, and I in that conversation, it definitely helped us understand what the players wanted and expected from us as well. Yeah. Um, to be able to provide that platform for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, mine's going to go out to the Euro teams in general because there's something that I've noticed in the games that I've watched them. And, and I watch a lot of soccer in general, but uh, something that stood out to me and I pointed this out to my dad so there's been a couple of games that have come down to to the last couple of minutes of the game. You know, there's been some late goals. There's been some like close, like one goal matches and some that are that are in like knockout phases. And I'm used to it from an Argentinian perspective or from a South American standpoint, like last minute of the game, you're down by a goal. You're basically sending your goalkeeper to be your number nine and you're just bombing forward. And every ball that you get is a ball forward. Just hit it as hard as you possibly can and see what you can get. And can you pick off a rebound or can you cause a foul or can you cause a handball in the box or something along those lines? Um, and what I've seen from the Euros, um, and I, I think it became apparent in the Portugal-Belgium game, that even the team that's losing, you know, one nothing with, with two minutes left or a minute left to go in the game, still um still just keeps fighting and just keeps grinding it out um i think that is that to me is a is a good testament to again it goes back to the previous point from the other day in soccer history it's a game right like yeah sometimes you lose sometimes you win but if you can live with your style of play and and just continue to play on your style of play at some point you will find success um but you know soccer is one of those games where no matter what no matter who you are, chances are you're going to lose more than you win. Yep. 
and I, I, I co-sign on that too. Like, keep your style of play. Even if you're down one nothing, so me, don't I, just bomb forward. It does. It works sometimes, but more often than not, it does not work. And it was interesting. I I heard a like a a, a former player talk the other day, and he said, you know, over the course of a career, uh, the soccer player has a soccer player might might end up playing 60 to 70 tournaments right between like let's just say you played um you know 15 let's just say you played 15 years right in like professionally right in a top league you're playing one championship a season that's 15 um so maybe not sorry maybe we should say 30 to 40 uh different like competitions right because you get like three a year at least right? three a year right three a year so you're you're playing you're playing those right so three a year times 15 45 you know somewhere on on that time right so 45 let's just say you played for 45 different leagues or competitions or championships whatever it is yeah let's just say over the course of a of a if i told you um if i told you cristiano ronaldo's you know retiring tomorrow and he has a total of, I don't know, uh, 15 titles or, or 12 titles, right? He's got Champions League, Premier League titles. He's got Serie A titles. Liga. He's got La Liga titles and all Copa that stuff. Rays. He's got yeah, it all, right? Let's just say he's got 15 of them, right? Would you say that's a success or not in general? I would say that's successful. But then when you look at what he could have won, Right. So then when you look at the, the grand scheme of things, right, when you look at, oh, man, he's won two Champions League, five Serie A's, or I don't know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there, uh, five La Liga's and, you know, whatever, this and that. But wait, well, how many tournaments did he play? Oh, 45. How many did he win? 15. Oh, so he's he's only won a third of what he's played? Like, yeah. so when you look at it from that perspective, it kind of starts putting things in a little bit in a different in a different context um and those numbers are completely made up i, I have no idea how many titles yeah. ronaldo has but um just using it as an example of a player that in the next couple of years might retire and you might start looking back at the stats but but it does goes to it does go to show you that like soccer is a sport that you're going to ultimately lose way more than you win it's just naturally going to happen like there is not a single player that's going to you know play 15 years and pick up 15 league titles um, just, just not going to like, just not going to happen. Um, like league titles. I mean, like one, one tournament a season, you're going to pick up, you know, your, your like domestic league cup or less domestic league. So just to put some things in perspective, um, I think it's, it's just an interesting thought that I had, but, um, all right. Well, Dwayne, we, we finished up preseason, I guess. Preseason. Now, now we're back in. We're back in. Special guest next week. Yeah. So we finished preseason. Perfect. Well, make sure you, uh, everybody gets their recovery day now. I'm getting my recovery. It's my Friday. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.